0: Welcome to Being Creative. My name is Rick Leaf and as you know I'm the host of this show where we explore the value of creativity through stories. Now in this episode we're going to explore the art of storytelling through song, specifically uh, writing a travel song. Is there a roadmap a songwriter can follow when it comes to writing a great travel song. What makes a great travel song? What makes a great song? Are there rules? Do rules of songwriting or rules for all forms of creative expression exist simply to be broken? When is it okay? When isn't it okay? Who decides? So I don't want any copy strikes or infringements so I'm going to be using the best travel song I've ever written. It's called The Maple Leaf. If you've never driven across Canada, hopefully this song will make you want to. If you're a songwriter and you've never written a travel song, hopefully this episode will make you want to. And if you love travel adventures or maybe you've explored Canada, I think it'll interest you as well. If it sounds fascinating, stay tuned because we're pressing play and hitting the open road.
1: Sail and for days we cross the endless waves of week the crash against the shore under a wheels. Let's slide the siou. The sun breaks through the fog as we cut a rocket path Along long north superior.
0: Alright, so that was a little excerpt from the Maple Leaf. And but before we get to that point, you know, how do you begin? How do you start? a writing a song how do you start writing a travel song what guides the process so uh i got my guitar here and uh two things that really come together in for me in writing this particular song i mean i'll start with a lyric actually. actually maybe i was i was on tour with the weird sisters many years ago in great folk group um in canada and we were doing i think we just finished uh, a western canada tour lots of uh lots of dates and festivals and pride and everything else and we were on the ferry uh coming into uh, horseshoe bay uh, which is the north van and uh I had never really been on a ferry a whole lot in my life at that point. So I was I found it really quite fascinating and, and exciting. And so I'd gone up onto the deck by myself. And I've never actually I'd never been on the on the ferry at night. So the we were probably one of the last ferries of the day. So while we were crossing, it night fell and it was totally pitch black. And I remember just seeing the stars and listening to that kind of the waves uh, slapping against the hull and the, just the the seagulls and all those kind of sounds that happen in uh, in the middle of, uh, you know, when you're out in the water. And it was pretty cool and it was pretty, you know, romantic in a, in a songwriting sense. And, and then as we started coming into Horseshoe Bay and slowing down, and, and we've all probably had this experience where you see, uh, a body of water could be a lake or a river or, you know, in this case, it was the the bay in, Har- in, in Horseshoe Bay. It was absolute glass. And because night had fallen, all of the lights of the houses and the businesses and the streetlights and everything that were lit up for Vancouver were reflected in that glass surface of the water in Horseshoe Bay. And as I was sitting there and we were coming in, this description of what i was seeing popped into my mind as the harbor draws near the pacific disappears in the bright lights of vancouver and i was like holy that's <laughs> that's a cool line i should write that down so i did and uh, we got into the motorhome and we started driving straight back to winnipeg which is a 24 to 26 hour uh, just deadhead uh, I mean, that's what you'd call it deadheading back home. If you're if you have no more dates, no more concerts, no, nothing to stop for, you're just gonna like just head straight back. And that was what we were doing. And uh, even in a motorhome where you could stand up and stretch and and you know make food and lay down and do whatever, it was still that's, that's a pretty daunting uh, next 24 hours. We're just gonna be driving. And I kind of wish that there was a song that we could put on that would sort of emotionally prepare us for this trip. And I couldn't think of one. So I, I sat on the back and I started thinking about all of the experiences that I've had. And I, I feel like when it comes to songwriting, stories are great. I, I'm not a really great story songwriter. A lot of people, you know, folk players in particular, they're just so great at writing these these really epic tales of a person and whatever. And I've never really done that much. But this was for me sitting in the back and just thinking, you know, as I was traveling down the road, it was um, what experiences have I had uh, traveling? And, and that was where I feel like, you know, rooting the, the discovery, you know, or, or rooting the lyrics of your song, of a travel song, in actual experiences. I think that's really important. It helps you capture um, what people might see and feel and help you to paint a picture with words that's going to allow them to experience that. Um, also, you know, trying to find specific references. That's what makes it real. Instead of saying, you know, so from the bay, because we'd, fl- so the lyrics, um, you know, as the harbor draws near, uh, the Pacific disappears in the bright lights of Vancouver. I mean that should give you establish where is this story starting it's starting on the west coast of canada if you know you know anything about canada and if you don't well the west coast you know the pacific ocean is on the west coast and here we are coming into this big city um from the bay meaning horseshoe bay you know we make our way along the highway and start to climb from sea to sky and that is a a highway. Interestingly enough, not the highway that we we were taking, because the Sea to Sky Highway uh, goes kind of from Squamish up towards Whistler. But it's a pretty cool description of what we're doing, because from uh, sea level right there, from Horseshoe Bay, we are going to be carving our way through the Rocky Mountains, up over the Coquihalla Highway, and and we're going to make our way. Uh, through Kelowna through the Okanagan and uh, used to live in the Okanagan and I remember this one night sitting with our friends on their back deck and and they had these three big cherry trees they lived in an orchard and we were sitting we'd all gone out with our little bowls and picked cherries right off the tree and uh with g and T's and our cherries and we're sitting in the hot Okanagan um, temperature even at night it's just baking hot in the summer it's a desert climate so uh, the Okanagan's also known for its wine production uh, in BC so you know uh, before we leave we make a point of eating cherries from the tree and drinking wine in the Okanagan and and that's a way of describing not just like i think what makes a great travel song is not just that you're and then we pass this town and then we pass this sign and then there was this other road and then there is like a big hill and then there's like this river and like you you have to paint a picture that communicates why t- for me in my in my humble opinion a great song a great travel song is going to make you want to go to these destinations or to experience this or to at least imagine it. So yeah, the Rocky Mountains, I mean, that's what the west coast of Canada is also really known for. So I love that sea to sky that we were we were climbing and, and it's such an adventure with such lows and such highs. and this area of fruit production and, and wine production, that's about, you know, let's say it's six to eight hours, depending, you know, drive from the coast to get up to the Okanagan. So we are now making our way east, and this is where we're at. And as we keep following this story, you know, we pass through Banff, where we have our first chance to see a prairie sky set on fire far and wide. And I remember throwing that line in because um, I had friends who had moved to BC from the prairies, from Saskatchewan, and some from Manitoba. And out in the prairies, you know, it's just flat for days. And there's nothing to obscure your view. There's nothing really to see. Sorry, I, I did say that out loud in my out loud voice. And, and people from the prairies are tell me I'm an idiot. But you know what? People who call me an idiot from the prairies, I grew up in the prairies too in southern Alberta. So I can have my opinion and I can share it on my podcast if I want to. <laughs> of course, there's stuff to see. But there's nothing to obscure your view of the sunrise and the sunset. And I've had so many people from the prairies that have described feeling claustrophobic uh, moving to BC and living in the mountains and not being able to see the sky. And for many of them, you know, you get to Banff and that sort of is on the edge of the Rocky Mountains. You drive for certainly within an hour from Banff, you have driven out of the mountains and you hit that prairie landscape which gives you that prairie skyscape. Um, and I, the producer, I remember when we were working on this song, recording it in the studio, said, he told me the story. He said that when I first t- heard this line, he said, I almost started crying because I remember the first year, you know, as a young guy, he'd gone, I don't know if he was tree planting or what he was doing in BC, or maybe he was working at a camp or something. And he said, you know, it had been a couple months and when he was heading for home back to Manitoba, they got to that prairie place and it was the sunset and it was just like this massive thing. And, and uh, the, like the, the sky's just filled with all these oranges and reds and it was like, it was on fire. And he said, I remember having that experience so profoundly and feeling like, oh my God, I'm going home. And uh, so, you know, you take these um, experiences and you're going to use them as the elements for the verses. Now, when you're songwriting, you know, your verses are usually your your details and your chorus needs to build and and typically provide some sort of resolution or overarching sort of idea that will pull all of your verses together. Now, so I wrote this uh, many years ago, 15 years ago, probably. And at the time, I was like, what can be the overarching idea that will pull all of these ideas, all of these different experiences together, diverse experiences with diverse people and and in my own experience over these many years. And I chose the maple leaf uh, as the emblem on the flag, which, um, you know, was the idea of like underneath the maple leaf, we're drawn together underneath the maple leaf we're one now it's interesting i never meant this to be a political song and i never meant the maple leaf to identify with colonization or with um settlers or certainly you know here in 2022 uh as the flag has be kind of come weaponized for and against different political things and ideologies and um Feels like it's not drawing us together. It's interesting to go, wow, well, I don't know. Now, this song, um, you know, when they talk about things aging well, you know, at, at one point, uh, um, I just have to, you know, interject that there was one point recently where somebody said, you know, you can be thankful that you're in a relationship while still acknowledging uh, your relationship needs a lot of work or it has some significant problems um, you know, that you need to work on, that you need to resolve and work through. And I thought, yeah, I'm comfortable with that analogy or that imagery with my own relationship to all of these things uh, that are associated with the Maple Leaf, the complexity of our democracy and our political systems and our ideologies and our social construct and all of these different things that are... It's seemingly pretty dysfunctional and fractured in so many ways. Um, I'm, I'm comfortable to say, you know, th- I, I don't know what I would do better to come up with a, a simple line in a song that said, you know, there's something bigger than all of us. You know, I could say underneath, you know, <laughs> what underneath the, the Northern sky, underneath the Aurora Borealis. I mean, you could say a lot of different things. Um, Obviously, in songwriting, we also have to find um, words and phrases that fit within the music. So anyway, that's the chorus. Underneath the maple leaf, we're drawn together. Underneath the maple leaf, we're one. Now, I've got to the point, in my mind, I'm driving across Canada. So I got to the point in that verse where I am you know, we've passed Banff, and we've had our first chance to see the prairie sky set on fire far and wide. Now, like as I said, I was born and raised in uh, southern uh, Alberta, in traditional Blackfoot territory. And I remember as a young kid, uh, as those crops all around us where I live, just acres and acres and acres of, of crops, wheat, typically lots of barley and wheat as they grow and they get to be three, four, four and a half feet tall, these crops, you know, the wind, as the wind moves across, it moves these long stalks of grain, these he- top heavy stalks of grain, like waves, you know, they're, they're swaying back and forth, and it can look like waves. Well, one of the things that I feel makes, uh, a really important element for a great travel song are, are some continuous threads that are woven through the lyrics that give a sense of continuity that, that make uh, a way for these different um, pictures that you're painting with words to be connected to each other. So if I started in a harbor near you know on the Pacific, coming into the West Coast if that's where I start well we know where we have to end right? Clearly we have to end at the Atlantic we have to go there has to be a beginning there has to be an end. When I start on the Pacific it is like the the most logical, a conclusion to say we're going to end up, we have to end up at the Atlantic. Now, what happens in between, that's totally up to us. So here we've passed through Banff. Now we're, you know, in in my mind, we're in Alberta. And you're going to (laughs) travel from, let's say, Banff, whatever. uh, So you're outside of Calgary. From Calgary past Winnipeg, we're talking again (laughs) another probably... 14 to 16 hours of driving, at least, um, where there's just nothing but prairies. And so it's like we set sail. And for days, we crossed the endless waves of wheat that crash against the shore under our wheels. And in my mind, I really was picturing those long... um, those endless, just endless thousands of kilometers of, of crops that are just swaying like waves. And that road with the tires of our motor home, just like weaving our way through all of these waves of wheat. And it, to me, keeps the sense of, you know, driving, I, you know, uh, the sailing kind of refers to where it began, how it began. Uh, we get through all of that, and, and if you've ever traveled across Canada, you know, you hit the border of the province of Ontario and Manitoba, and, and the the geography, the, the landscape is absolutely different. It goes from prairies to the Great Canadian Shield, and it's just rocky, and it's almost like, you know, the, the road keeps cutting through all of these... Uh, you know all of this rock and the shield, the Great Canadian Shield, and there's lots of forests and there's lots of lakes and, and water. And you 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 know, you go drive nine more hours. Uh, you get to Thunder Bay, and then we're at the um, we're at Lake Superior. You know the Great Lakes, and as you start to drive from Thunder Bay up over the 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 coastline of Lake Superior and you're eventually gonna to get to Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, I've done that trip many times and it's so beautiful. Most of the time I've done it, it's been foggy. And the one time in particular that I remember traveling that eight hour, well, at least um, uh, part of the trip, the one time that it was really crystal clear, it was just like, Superior's so big, it looked like an ocean. And uh, so here we've sailed across the endless waves of wheat. Uh, And then outside the Sioux, the sun breaks through the fog as we cut our rugged path along North Superior. And I felt like if there are people who've traveled across the country and have driven that stretch, I know that the weather uh, is such that probably everybody has experienced that fog and has just loved those moments when it is sunny, and the water is, is just seems like it goes on like the ocean, and it's just so beautiful. I remember one of the producers in the studio, he, he said, uh, it, it, so the line is like, you know, outside the Sioux, the sun breaks through the fog as we cut a rugged path along North Superior, and he, he said he always... Um, thought the line uh, cutting a rug, cut a rug like, um, I don't know, it's more more like the 1940s or 50s where the way people would dance on the dance floor and how they would cut a rug. And he, he always thought that was like a, a fun little uh, almost play on words that, you know, there was this dance uh, through, through the rugged terrain of North Superior. And if you continue to go through... Um, Ontario, you'll eventually get to Quebec. And uh, you can't obviously reference every city and every street or whatever. but here in Canada, I'd say uh, Quebec City um, is just just so magical for me at least. It, it just feels so European, it's so old. Uh, it's got these narrow little strip, like little streets, and all these cool little shops. And if you don't speak French, like I don't, um, it it feels very, you know, everybody does, and so you feel like, oh my god, I'm, I'm, I feel like I've left Canada. And then it's amazing that this is part of Canada because it's so unique and different. And so I just kind of jumped from that narrow or from that rugged path along North Superior. Um, to we wind our way through narrow lanes in Old Quebec, uh, to look across the Seaway from Chateau Frontenac, this massive hotel that's up on the promenade, looks down over the St. Lawrence Seaway, and that's it is a classic tourist place to go to walk that boardwalk, uh, and just off of uh, just just a stone's throw from the Chateau Frontenac is this this big park area called the Plains of Abraham. And there was a famous uh, battle um, between the British and the French back in whatever day in our history, right? And so it's, you know, you can almost hear the sounds of 1759 echoing across the Plains of Abraham. Uh, I felt, again... Um, sometimes you just want to paint a bigger picture, like the sun breaks through the fog and this is this rugged path somewhere on North Superior. But other times you, to drop in a specific time or date or place can bring a real sense of, like it, like it makes it real. You're not just talking about, oh, we walked through this old city and uh, we stood in front of this big building, and we looked across this river. you know if you can if you can latch some of those imageries um, some of that imagery to actual specific places so that the, somebody hears this song and maybe they end up in Quebec, and they're standing in front of Chateau Frontenac and they're like, "Oh my God, like we're here. We're at that point of the song.'ve I've, I'll be honest, I've had people say, we, we did that, we got to that place, we were looking out over the St. Lawrence Seaway, we were just like, oh my God, this is the song, we're in that song. And then they just walked, you know, just down the boardwalk, and now you're on the Plains of Abraham, and you, it, it really makes it real. And then, you know, we need to still, we know where we're going, right? We have to get to the, uh, to the East Coast, we got to get to the Atlantic Ocean, and uh, many years ago, I remember um, staying with some folks. Uh, they were at an artist community outside of Halifax. And they were, uh, I think it was called Lawrence Town or something. And this one day, this artist took us to this beach called Martinique. And it was just white sand. It was really powdery. We had this beautiful, beautiful day. And uh, when you get out there to the East Coast, i you know, people are... Um, they're giving you, we've eaten lobster and you have mussels and all this, uh, crab and all of this kind of seafood. And, uh, Alexander Keith's is a brewery, um, out in Halifax. And so, you know, from the Plains of Abraham, this whole moment in Quebec, I have to get eventually to the East coast. So I, I drop into that, you know, then we walk the white sand. Along the beach at Martinique, eating mussels and drinking Alexander Keith's, and we raise a toast at the edge of the Atlantic coast to the newfound land where it all began. and Newfoundland um, is the island we didn't actually get there, but you know i'm I'm so close, I feel like I need to reference at the very least um, the the further the furthest, most eastern point. Um, And so it's like the very last line was like, so so raise your voice from the west to the east to the true north, strong and free. And again, it's interesting because I never meant this to be a political song, never meant it to um, be anything like that. It was uh, trying to find little um, elements like, you know, Mm. The True North Strong and Free, lines from the national anthem, uh, raising your voice from the west to the east so that you know wherever you are, whether you're out there in those endless waves of wheat in the prairies with the sky on fire, if you're uh, making your way from the sea to the sky along the highway out in BC, or, or drinking wine and eating cherries, or maybe you're on the east coast uh, drinking beer, Alexander Keith's and eating Some Muscles, you know? The idea that these experiences, they all bring us together. And now, you know what I realized? I just jumped right into the lyrics. One of the things that, I'm just gonna turn my guitar on here and make sure I can hear it. If you're a guitar player, this is my guitar is in traditional tuning. This is regular tuning. For this song, sometimes it's just a tiny little thing that'll make a huge difference. So this is how you would play an A chord. Now you could not play the B string, kind of get this A sus kind of thing. I took my B string, don't even know why, and I took it down to an A. became, I'm just literally playing with two fingers here, but having detuned that one note just seemed to make all a difference in the world as I was playing the chords for the verse. So it's like, as the harbor draws near, the Pacific disappears.
1: In the bright lights of Vancouver,
0: Now, I'm going to go to the E chord when I play my chorus, but that note, that detuned string, works beautifully here. Underneath the maple leaf, we are drawn together. Underneath the maple leaf, We are one. Now, what I love about this particular arrangement musically, and if it sounds weird to be talking complimentary about like a song that I wrote personally, I don't know about the rest of the songwriters that are out there in the world. Uh, I'm sure there is many different ways for approaching songwriting. Um, as there are songwriters and people, and I, I know, obviously, we like different things and we're looking for different things in a song. Um, I'm just an intuitive songwriter. I, I play a number of different instruments professionally. I've never had a lesson and I don't read any music. So for me, it is very intuitive. I, I've realized I'm a pretty bad music teacher, particularly if people are like, what's the correct way to play this? Or what's the right way to write a song? And I'm just like, boy, what do you hear? What do you feel? And some people, like my daughter, when she was learning how to play drums, she's like, how do I play to this song? And I'm like, what do you feel? You know, I'm just like, play it however you want to play it. And she didn't want that. She wanted to know what is the right way to play it. And uh, nothing wrong with either of our approaches by the way. So for me, I like the idea that I can play this very open uh, it just feels like a soundscape, kind of. Um, the, the strings are ringing. I'm not playing a melody, like a, um, a single note melody or anything like that. It's just the, to, to give a space uh, for these words. You know, as the harbor draws near. I love just the whole note, half note, kind of uh, letting it ring out. But it's a travel song. So at some point, you do need to. We set sail, and for days we crossed the endless waves of wheat that crash against the shore under our wheels. As we passed outside the Sioux, the sun breaks through the fog as we cut a
1: rugged
0: path along North Superior. Underneath the maple leaf. You know what I mean? So we we've got that. This is like we're starting to set sail. Like raise the sail, man. Let's get some wind in this thing. Let's pick up the speed. Not speeding up, but like let's get some energy and let's go. You know, we said, sail. Let four days wait. You know, I love that part of this song. This arrangement, I think a travel song needs that. It needs to give you a sense that you're traveling. So we start with this picture of the bright lights of Vancouver, but yeah, man, we, we, we pick up our speed. But then we want to come back to this reoccurring memory that no matter what we're seeing, no matter where we are, Uh, there's this idea that we're drawn together through these experiences. And so to go back into underneath maple leaf, we are drawn together for good or bad. (laughs) We're drawn together for good or bad in this whole idea of this relationship that needs a lot of work, but we can be happy that it's our relationship to work on. Uh so I'm going to keep that kind of you know um cutting a rugged path along north superior uh but then I also want to like come back to some uh this part where it's like uh we wander our way through narrow lanes in old quebec to look across the seaway from Chateau Frontenac. Part of it is this is very specific imagery. And, you know, making your, winding your way through a narrow lane isn't something you do at breakneck speed. you you got to take your time. And particularly in what I'm picturing in my mind from my time walking through old Quebec in that old part of the city, I mean, you're not in a hurry. You, you want to take all in all of the shops and the scents and the smells of the food and the coffee and, and the language. And, you know, you get to Chateau Frontenac and you're like, whoa, this is like uh, the country, you know, the this battle that I remember being taught about in school. It happened right there. And and so I want to kind of bring the, the music down mm. to make a space for this little particular history piece, which also then becomes this really um, relevant part of the story of where we're traveling. We're not just traveling any... Um, Country, you know, uh, rugged trails in any country. We're not just, you know, it's specific to this place. And then again, you know, um, but let's pick up speed again, you know, and it, we're able to because uh, we walk the white sand along the beach at Martinique, eating mussels and drinking Alexander keats and we raise a toast. The edge of the Atlantic coast to the newfound land where it all began. And then, you, you know, you're going to build, 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 and give a big woo! <laughs> you know? Um, so, musically, this was just one of those songs that really came together quickly. And I thought perfectly with the lyrics. And I think that's what is going to, you know, I've had many people over the years who said, man, there was a whole bunch of people in Australia who said, I've never been to Canada, but listening to this song, I want to, I want to go and I want to see some of this stuff that was so exciting. And I wish there was a song like um, this in Australia. Uh, I've had lots of different people in Canada who have done a lot of traveling, who've come up to me, and and they either want to share, yeah, I remember that too. I remember the fog, fog, fog. All of a sudden, we came over the crest of this hill outside a marathon or wherever, you know, along the... the um, Lake Superior, and the sun came out, it was just beautiful, and we stopped, and, you know, um, and then other people are like, why didn't you talk about this? Or why didn't you mention that? The people up north, I love it, because they're just like, thanks for just totally leaving us out of (laughs) the story entirely, which is fair. The the other thing about songwriting is you can't fit every great idea into every song. You kind of got to just realize that you know there's going to be more songs and you could write your northern song which i did i could talk about that one some other time um you just you find your way to i mean there was probably i it's been so many years ago typically the way i write personally is i would write probably a couple pages of lyrics i might have describe stuff that happened in Ottawa, I might have described things that happened in different parts or, you know, late night this or early morning that I might have tried all sorts of different things. And this was probably just refining what are the best ideas? What keeps the the song moving? What also keeps the story moving? So the things that I feel are important to writing a great travel song, keeping some, you know, where you begin usually is gonna, um, dictate where you should end, bookending your story, ultimately. If it starts in the Pacific, end of the Atlantic, don't, like, mess around, don't, don't stop in, in uh, the narrow lanes in old Quebec, don't stop when you're almost there. The other thing is, you know, finding some imagery that works throughout the thing, you know, like, we're in a harbor, um, Then, you know, even in the prairies, we're setting sail and there's waves of wheat that are crashing. Um, We're going to follow that watery kind of idea along the shore of Superior. And then we're going to raise a toast at the edge of the Atlantic coast, you know, kind of just standing there, even if it was up to our ankles, just standing in the water, making this toast to all of the beauty that we've just described and seen. Uh, And then finding music that really matches with that. Um, I think, personally, you know, if you're going to write a travel song, I'm looking for a song that you want to roll the windows down, crank the music, and sing at the top of your lungs with the wind in your hair as you drive down a road or as you're boarding that plane or as you're on that boat or that ship or just whatever ways that we describe and and physically move. Maybe it's a bike or a motorbike or a convertible or just any modes of transportation. It could have been a train, right? Like any of these things, these images can work, but that's to me what, uh, Mm -hmm. what makes a really great travel song. And to that, you know, I remember at the very beginning saying, you know, are there rules? When I'm doing songwriting workshops, and this is, you know, again, there's, I've heard so many ways to describe songwriting um, and art and creativity. And the one I like the best, the description I like the best is, you know, that art is a conversation with the artist. So I hope, as the songwriter, if you're out there, that you're having a conversation sharing what it is that you want people to see or to feel or to hear or to imagine what is it that you're trying to, what kind of a, an emotional response are you trying to elicit? Uh, do you, do you want people to start traveling? Do you want people to fall in love with your country? Do you want what, you know, for whatever we happen to be writing, what, what is it that you want people to feel that that's what I often, I maybe not, um, Maybe not intentionally am I going, oh, I want everyone to feel happy. It's not that. It's like if we were having a conversation, just talking, what would I want to share with you that I love or I hate about whatever it is that I'm describing? So I feel like this um, a great song, it's about having a conversation with your audience and uh, about the rules of songwriting. If you, I, on one hand, I don't think there are any rules at all. If you want to write a 60 minute song with two strings and it goes on, it has 37 different verses and 18 choruses, you can do whatever you want. There's no rules that say you can't do that. If you want your song to ever be played on the radio, or to be on an album, or for people to connect with in terms of what they would expect from a song, then there's lots of rules. If you want something to fit on Spotify uh, as a travel song, (laughs) yeah, it's probably going to be under four minutes long. It probably should be around three minutes long. It's gonna have a verse and a chorus, maybe a bridge. You know, uh, there's all these different rules and break them at your own peril. Not because you can't break them, but it's like, what's your application? If you want people to go, this is a song. I'm familiar with how pop songs are written. I'm familiar with the flow. It's gonna start like this. It's gonna kick in. The bottom's gonna drop out. There might be a change. Something that you know allows your audience just to immediately connect. With the form and the structure, uh, yeah, there's rules, and I again, I think you you break them at your own risk, but there's no rule that says you can't do that. So, I uh, I love writing songs. I love this song in particular. I love traveling. I, I'm a little bit depressed uh, and discouraged at this particular point of 2022 because the costs of everything related to travel are so ridiculous right now. It's unbelievable to me. I'm supposed to go uh, on a little holiday in maybe a month. And it was like two flights from, you know, the West Coast here from Vancouver to Calgary. They're going to be like fifteen hundred dollars. And then I was like, well, maybe when I get there I'll rent a car. And I'm used to a daily rental being like 35 to 50 bucks or something. And here they're like 350 to 400 dollars a day. And hotels are 400 bucks a night. I'm like, what is happening? So, even though the COVID restrictions are lessening and the mandates are lessening and and things are becoming more free for people to start moving around who can afford to jeez so maybe i'll just uh write a couple more travel songs remember everything that i loved about it and uh be ready to go when things are a little bit more affordable for somebody like myself but um anyways there you have it i i'm gonna we're gonna end this uh show, this particular episode, I'm going to play you the song, the recorded version from the Tribe of One album that came out in, I believe, 2009. Um, one of the things I would just draw your attention to, there's no way that you would ever know this, but uh, the fiddle player that I had to play on this song, I've never actually met him. I, was, I recorded this uh, album in Winnipeg at De Capo Studios with Nolan Bollinger as the producer And he knew, I believe the guy's name is Jeremy Penner, this uh, fiddle violin player who was living in Vancouver at the time and everything was happening online, sending files back and forth. Jeremy was recording in his home studio, sending the files back to Winnipeg. Nolan was putting them in the song. Um, But I do remember Jeremy saying that he had changed his fiddle style from the West Coast to the East Coast to add little subtle differences in kind of the geographic influence on his particular instrument to match with the story, which I I didn't know. I never gave him that direction. I just thought it was a beautiful uh, approach that he took as a songwriter. One of my favorite things, you know, I love playing this song. I hate playing the song without my musical partner, Madi-Jose. Her bass part in this song, I feel like, is absolutely... She's she's a Métis, uh, francophone, multi-instrumentalist. What MJ adds to songs is incredible. And, and this bass part, just these runs and these little pushes and everything, I'm just like, it, it is so... She travels all the time, and I just feel like somehow all of her her travels and her joy and her love of creativity and and songwriting and song arranging and travel and adventure in the country. It just felt like it all came through her fingertips uh, and her fretboard onto this song. So pay attention to the bass. (laughs) Pay attention to the fiddle player uh, who who takes us on a journey of his own. Uh, Yeah, man, I hope you enjoy it. Um, I think that's all I have to say about songwriting. If you, um, if you have, uh, any comments or questions related to this song or songwriting or creativity, please, uh, leave them in the comments or drop me a line anytime. And remember, you know, whatever your creative outlet happens to be, You are capable of infinitely more than you give yourself credit for. I don't even need to know who you are and how much credit you give yourself. All of us could do more than we ever imagine. It's just tapping into that and giving ourselves the freedom and the permission to try things and to not worry about success and failure. Try. And uh, if you make a mistake, if things go wrong, learn from it and try again. So here we go. Let's uh, play the song. This is the Maple Leaf off of the Tribe of One album uh, from 2009. It's available pretty much anywhere online. You'd find music, Spotify, Apple Music, all that kind of stuff. Here we go. Enjoy it. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you in the next episode. As the harbor draws
1: near, the Pacific disappears. In the bright lights of Vancouver From the bay We make our way Along the highway And start to climb From sea to sky Before we leave We make a point beating cherries Back, to look across the sea wet from Chateau Frontenac You can almost hear the sound of 1759 Echoing across the plains of Abraham Then we walk the white sand Along the beach at Martinique Eating muscles and drinking Alexander King we